Welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. We got a lot of show today, we got a lot of ground to cover. My contributor today breaking down news of the day, Kay Bain, founder and executive director of Community Capacity Development. We're gonna talk about a lot of content. Also in the bullpen, my debate guest, Eric Peterson, associate contributor for the Young Voices, tech policy analyst, and he writes for various outlets. We're gonna chop it up about labor unions. All right, top story of the day, naked black female social worker had her apartment raided unlawfully. She was handcuffed illegally. And when they realized they had the wrong apartment, the wrong person, the wrong everything, they still would not uncuff this social worker. Let's put up a picture, okay? We're talking about Chicago, Chicago City Council. They are now set to vote on a $2.9 million settlement for Miss Anjanette Young, a black woman who sued the city and several police officers over a botched 2019 raid at her apartment. Young, a social worker, was handcuffed while naked. She sobbed, she told officers that they were at the wrong home, but she remained in handcuffs according to the report from the civilian office of police accountability. Now let me remind you of some things here, okay? First of all, they realized within 60 seconds they were at the wrong apartment and the person they arrested was not the target. Instead of immediately reconciling their blunder and being decent individuals, the culture of corruption continued to permeate where they decided to leave her in handcuffs for roughly 20 damn minutes. She was crying uncontrollably. She was going through an emotional damn breakdown. This is a woman who has dedicated her life to enhance the lives of others. That's what social workers do. She was in the middle of a tragedy created by the city, by the city police. Here's what happened, the city's council, the council's finance office, they decided to unanimously approve the settlement. On Monday, the Chicago Tribune reported it will move to the full council for a vote today. She's going to get the money, that's not enough money by the way. She gets 2.9 million, she get a lot more. Let me tell you why she, she should get a lot more. You have to look at what has happened to this woman now. Yes, the trauma, the psychological damage, the therapy that she's had to undergo, the therapy she will have to continue to deal with. And the fact that there is now a video out there of her naked in her own damn apartment. Yes, this will be out there forever. Wherever she goes, whatever job she has, whatever person she's helping as a social worker, this video will be there, period. 2.9 million doesn't sound like enough to me. The mayor, she said she's comfortable, I'm sure she is. She probably is breathing a sigh of relief that it was only 2.9 million. It gets deeper. Young's first floor apartment was raided back in 2019 after officer Elaine Aparungao obtained a search warrant 
using information from an anonymous source. The source told the officer that an acquaintance had brandished an illegal weapon at a home, the report said. Now we found out later that the officer actually had the real or the right information documented. The address, the apartment complex, it was in writing. The cop decided to listen to the anonymous source, the snitch, whatever you want to call him, violate all protocol and raided this poor woman's home. That's what happened. Um, the target of the search, uh, search warrant who had been arrested previously had a home address listed at an apartment building across the street as slightly south of Miss Young, according to the report. It said the officer had information listing the target's address, but, and I quote, disregarded all of this information and instead relied exclusively on J. Doe's statements. Neither Young nor her home were connected to the target or any other criminal activity, the police accountability office said, all right? The report also said these officers violated applicable laws and policies, not just policies. The report said they also violated the law and recommended various actions of discipline. Now here's what has not happened. The council they investigate, right? Was supposed to be happy with the fact that they state the obvious. They said laws were broken. Why in the hell has no one been arrested? Yeah, I get it, policy definitely broken. Nobody gets arrested over violating office policies typically, but you said laws were broken. Where's the arrest? Where's the real arrest? Because I only saw one group of criminals inside of Miss Young's apartment. The damn sure wasn't Miss Young. All right, so the police superintendent, David Brown, later called for Sergeant Alex Walensky to be fired. Why? Because the documents released by the city um, saying that uh, Walensky approved the warrant without adhering to the department's knock and announce rule, failed to intervene in the disrespectful treatment of Young, and did not promptly present Young with a copy of the search warrant. All right. Uh, she was left in a complete state of undress for 16 seconds after the officers entered. And then it took a full 10 minutes until she was allowed to be fully dressed. So we're gonna see exactly what happens with the policies. Right now, the mayor, the police chief, they're holding press conferences saying things like, this will never happen again. And it should have never happened in the first place. These are policies, great. Your policies already say it's not supposed to happen. You understand? The policy says this is wrong, you don't do it this way. But your culture says something different. You see, we keep talking about reform and we should be talking about replacement. You got bad cops, you got bad cops, you need to get rid of them, okay? I don't give a damn what your policy say. Your policy already says the right thing. All right, Mr. Bain, what are your thoughts on this? Accountability, brother, accountability. I think you said it best when you said there is a culture of corruption and we can't continue to ignore, condone or excuse that type of behavior. I'm gonna tell you why it happened. Dr. James Marion Sims is why this happened. 
Dr. James Marion Sims, the quote unquote father of gynecology. There is no respect for black women and their bodies. I'm gonna say it again. There is no respect for black women and their bodies in this society. And this is just an example of that treatment, that behavior. She was, a, she is rather a social worker, but that shouldn't matter. The right. fact that she cares and shows compassion and looks after people in need shouldn't be a factor here. What is a factor and what should be a factor is the psychological evaluation that goes into someone becoming a police officer. Because there's definitely something deeply psychologically wrong with someone who takes an oath to serve, protect, to be courteous and respectful in a community and behaves this way. That's right, well said, very well said. You know, we've always known it. Donald Trump was well aware of the insurrection that he led, radicalizing those to commit acts of terrorism against the United States government. We knew that he was aware of this insurrection attempt and what would happen. Now, we have more information proving that fact. Okay, this deals with Mark Meadows, his chief of staff at the time, Don Jr., Sean Hannity, all of them begged and pleaded Donald Trump, please, for the sake of your legacy. Call this off. Call what off, Sean? You said it was um, Antifa. Call what off? Who are you talking about? You're talking about Trumpites? All right. Donald Trump Jr., Sean Hannity, uh, Laura Ingram, all texted the former White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, on January 6th. What did they text? They wanted to get the president to condemn and stop the violence at the Capitol. Wait a minute, but they were reporting, hey, these are patriots. They're just a little misguided here. All right, um, Representative Liz Cheney, Vice Chair of the House Select Committee, who's investigating the January 6th terrorist attack in the United States of America, read the message out loud at a committee meeting. Here it is. Quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, Laura Ingram wrote. Please get him on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished, Brian Kilmeade texted. Quote, can he make a statement, ask people to leave the Capitol, Sean Hannity urged. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, He's got to condemn this ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Jr. texted. Meadows responded, quote, I'm pushing it hard, I agree. Still, President Trump did not immediately act. Donald Trump Jr. texted again and again, urging action by the president, quote, we need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand, end quote. But hours passed without necessary action by the president. These non-privileged texts are further evidence of President Trump's supreme dereliction of duty during those 187 minutes. Yeah. Okay, I got more information. Uh, the messages were given to the committee by Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows gave it up, all right? 
on Monday, the committee recommended that Mark Meadows be charged with criminal contempt for ending his cooperation with its investigation. Meadows withdrew his cooperation with the investigation last week. But before then, he sent the committee emails, text, and other information relating to the insurrection. Now, keep in mind, Mark Meadows has already snitched. He already gave it up, okay? And then he decides to stop cooperating, which leads me to believe that there's more that Mark knows and he does not or will not give up the rest of the information. What could be more damning than the fact that a sitting United States president led a terrorist attack against the United States of America? What could be more damning than that? Well, there's something, there's something. All right, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, they quickly responded to the reading of the text messages on their Fox News shows. Twitter D, Twitter Dom, here it is. I have always been consistent on January 6th and every other riot. All riots obviously are bad, all of them. And on this program, we strongly condemn the violence on January 6th. Both publicly and privately, I said what I believe. That the breach of the Capitol on January 6th was a terrible thing. Crimes are committed, some people were unfairly hounded and persecuted and prosecuted, but it was not an insurrection. Damn liars. And I tell their mama they lied. Okay? There was a condemnation, a slight condemnation from Sean Hannity. But Hannity also floated the conspiracy theory. That groups like Antifa, okay, may have actually infiltrated the crowd. Then we had the reports that groups like Antifa, other radical groups, I don't know the names of all of them, that they were there to cause trouble. Hannity said on his radio show, on his TV show, Hannity suggested that the bad actors could have been responsible for the chaos. So Hannity says, "Oh, you know, no, 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 no. There was a riot. It was an insurrection, but it was Antifa who did it. They were the ones creating the chaos." Okay, his own words. Um, Ingram, she pushed a very similar point, said the very same thing about Antifa being the ones who really pushed the violence at the Capitol. Um, eventually, Trump did call. For his supporters, his radicalized terrorist group to stop. The elder Trump ultimately made a statement asking for his supporters to go home hours into the attack. Various officials have said Trump was enjoying watching his supporters assault the Capitol as the attack unfolded. When is someone going to indict him? When is that going to happen? At this point, American democracy has a choice. Either presidents are above the law or they are not. Remember when Bill Clinton got impeached? Remember what that was for? And this guy gets nothing? Come on. Bane, thoughts? Wow, Mark Meadows is a bad snitch. <laughs> That's all. He did it totally wrong. Yeah, I don't even get this. And so, what it makes me think about, brother, is we have to we have to redefine when we say words like terrorist or terrorism or terrorist attack. 
certain images have been programmed and distilled mm. into our mental psyche. And so white supremacy has no accountability. So can you imagine 187 minutes? I can't even imagine black people or people of color in this country approaching approaching the Capitol in that manner or fashion right. and being alive. I can't even fathom that concept, but for 187 minutes. So if if the President of the United States can do this, wow. Yep. The complexion for the protection, brother, that's all I can say. This is this is white supremacy at its finest. And brother, let me show you um, a realization of our criminal justice system inside of facilities that are there to house individuals where they can rehab from their criminal offense. A mentally ill man incarcerated gets scolding hot water poured on his hands by a sheriff's deputy because he won't let go of something. So they pour hot water on his hands and then they torture the guy. Let me show you this story, it's horrific. Uh, this is an ex sheriff's deputy, California has now been charged with uh, pouring this golden water over a mentally ill inmate. Um, Ortiz, 47 years of age, faces one felony for assault, battery with serious bodily injury in connection with an April 1st incident. Here's how the incident occurred. Ortiz was working as a custodial deputy at the intake release center at the Santa Ana jail. When another deputy was trying to get the inmate to retract his hands from the hatch door. When the deputy could not get the inmate to comply, Ortiz and another deputy offered help. That's according to the official report. Ortiz now is accused of using hot water, a hot water dispenser to fill a cup with hot water and go into the victim's cell. When the inmate again ignored orders, Ortiz allegedly poured the water on the inmate's hand. It doesn't stop there, causing him to immediately pull his hands back inside of his cell. The news release states, one of the deputies then closed the hatch door and the three deputies left. More than six hours later, okay? Remember, his hands are now scolded with this hot water. Six hours later, he's inside of this cell still. Another deputy spoke to the inmate during a security check and requested medical attention for the victim's arm, which was described as red and peeling. The inmate suffered first and second degree burns to his hands. Uh, let's put up a picture of the Orange County Sheriff, Don Bars. He's the guy in charge, he's the guy that'll say something like, the buck stops with me, but does it, Sheriff? Ortiz was fired last week after working 19 years as a deputy. He is scheduled to be arraigned on January 11th. He is facing a maximum sentence of four years. So he has been arrested, but here's the reality. This man has been in that position for damn near 20 years. You think this is the first time he's done something like that to an inmate? Seemed real easy, like as soon as he offered his help, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Let me get this.
hot water and throw on an inmate and then torture them by locking them in a cell and refusing medical attention. All right, Mr. Bain, what do you see here? So firstly, I think that we have to look at the, the treatment of people that are incarcerated. And I'm gonna use that, that term intentionally. As long as we refer to or allow ourselves to be referred to when in, when in correctional facilities as inmates or convicts, yeah. Uh, we get that that you know that treatment, that unhumane treatment. So we, we would say the the incarcerated person, just to bring the humanity back. And why that's so important is because look at prisons and how they're populated with people who have chemical misuse issues, substance abuse issues, or mental health issues. We're sending everyone um, that is struggling, everyone that is in need of some support or help is funneled into the prison pipeline. So first and foremost, we have to bring back the humanity. This incarcerated person was abused. And to your point, this officer took an oath, probably has a pension, makes a decent salary, has for two decades been allowed to operate this way. There's a larger issue here. And it's the fact that we have lost our humanity. It speaks volumes. The way that we treat the most vulnerable in our society speaks about who we are, where we are as a nation, as a people, as a community. I mean, this is this has to be addressed. Stop. I mean, look at food conditions in prisons. Look at the right. way again we're being pushed into into this, and it's a major business. Let's get it. Let's get it right. Prison is a major, still a major business. 2.5 million people are there for a reason, and that reason is money. Yeah, money is the bottom line to all prisons virtually. They have eliminated every program that would actually curve recidivism and solve problems, create remedies, skills, education is the greatest deterrent to recidivism in the United States of America. They took away those programs. And to your larger point about humanity, you're right. Our policy should be reflective of the best of our humanity. And look at the policies. There's a policy standing right now that says even though this cop has been charged with violating his oath, with violating the rights of an individual incarcerated, he will still get his pension. Because there's a law that won't allow the county or the state to take it away. Isn't that something? Even right. convicted of a crime. Yep. That is, that's amazing. That Policy. is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're, you're I feel free. Back off. I'm on the board, and if uh -huh. you're not out of here in, in a minute, I am calling the sheriff. Okay, all right, all right. I can't do this on private property. A big old open wide road, and we're in guest parking. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting out soon. We're just gonna no, pack this up. Yourself. You're making me upset. Okay, I mean, well, you've got a lot of nerve doing this. Really? Oh, we we met, ran into some other people that were I walking. Don't, I don't and they were really hear nice. About the other people. This is this is illegal. What you're doing? Why would you say that? All right, I'm calling All right the so well, now that we're out of here, we just we just you played everything. One minute to get okay. out of here, or I'm okay. calling the sheriff. Okay, That's sounds fine. good. 
You are on. You are on okay. property that you do not belong on. Yeah, we're we're, we're just trying to pack up All so right. we can get out of here. Right. We'll throw this You're into the trash. Packing can. up. Pack it up. I'm. Oh my. Spam. Okay. Let's so just, we got this. Let's just calm down. We're gonna pack it up. Don't worry. Everything's okay. gonna be gone. There's no. There's no need to be be mad about this. Okay. So we'll go ahead and get this one. Oh, that's not it. This is OG Karen. OG Karen does something at the end of this video. You don't want to miss it. Okay, what do we have so far? You are on property. You do not belong on. Well, Karen, if you're on the property as well, that means that in your mind, you belong there and somehow they do not. You both are on the same damn property. She also says, you're making me upset. They're making you upset. They're not on your property, Karen. Uh, and then she says, I'm calling the sheriff, which she did. Now, she does something that I didn't see coming, but this is why she is classified as an OG Karen. Here it is. Uh, all this property. You own all this property. Do you? But no. Us being here bothering okay, okay, so much. Why, okay, why are you coming up to us? We're not, we're don't, not bothering don't anybody. Me. I'm not intimidating. Not trying to intimidate you. We're not bothering I'll anybody. Bring suit against you. Why we're not bothering anybody. I advise you to get the heck out. Uh, we're we're going to get out of here. Pack up. We're not yeah. bothering anybody. You're, you're coming up to us. And you're okay. It's a yeah. Sunday. Have a great hey, day. What are you doing? Whoa, stay, stay. You are. Oh my. Ooh, look at what she just did. Oh my goodness. There she goes. Ooh. And that's the remainder <laughs> of <laughs> our lobster rolls. Hey, good save. You saved the. All right, bro. We might as well take one. Might as well. Might as well. Super good bite. Cheers, cheers to Karen's. Yeah, let's make sure. Like, like that lady. She's there. Going into my truck. Cheers. cheers. There goes the sheriff that she called. Big ups to these guys for keeping a good demeanor about the entire thing. Uh, that's what the Karen wanted to do from the beginning, to stop their fun, to stop their enjoyment, to stop what they were doing because they were happy and she was mad, she's angry. And the only person who committed a criminal act was her. All right, Mr. Bain, thoughts? She was, she was big mad. Yeah. For no reason, big man. I, I'm thinking about the baby, little baby. No, that's gangster. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real gangster. She was backing them down, and I think she knew she didn't have to pull out her gun. She had all of the guns in America just set up around her. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. And see, right. And what does she do? She weaponized her privilege. She's calling a gun to the situation. Because of some guys that got lobster on the back of their truck. Come on now, most harmless guys in the world. Now imagine you met that with the same energy that it came to. And if you just spoke mm -hmm. to her the way she spoke to you, woo, repercussions yep. and consequences. Exactly, and she knows it. That's why she acted the way she did. Okay, um, this is a doozy, double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. 
question, and then my mom has my actual insurance card. This is a temporary one. I think she's on her way here. Okay. He is in the process of getting insurance. He, he's like, I just last week got his insurance or talked to his insurance. Did you drive here or did someone drive here? Do what? Did you drive here? Or did I someone? drove here. How much have you had to drink tonight? Not much. I was at home and then my son called me, so. Yeah, well, what we're going to do since you drove here, we're going to do some tests to make sure you're all right to be driving. I'm fine. I'm a justice of the peace. I'm an elected official. Please. Step on that line and face me. And face you? Yeah, face me. And face you? Yeah, face me. No, face, face my direction. Oh, okay. Dude, dude, take me home. I'm not being Let a them jerk. take me home. You're me being home. a jerk. No, I'm not. You I'm are. I'm be there no matter what. Not if I've been drinking, no. That's not true. I'm going to talk to Judge Woods. What is your name? No, I am a, you. I am a you officer of the you court. You who you are. Stop. Oh, I got more video. It doesn't stop there. You don't want to miss all of this. Uh, so right now, I have three jobs total. She's a justice of the peace. She's an elected official, and she's an officer of the court. Got it. Uh, when she was explaining uh, that her son did not have insurance, she said, and I quote, he is in the process of getting insurance, which, mean, which means he has no damn insurance. That's what that means. Okay, there's more. Here it is. I refuse. Had been drinking and you I had a few glasses of wine. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't. You gotta find a ride. You can't drive. What are you talking about, dude? That's I'm gonna just... make this so public. You're gonna be so. I, I, I think the public's gonna like the way that you're talking to me, the way you're cussing. That's that's what we want. I love it. I'm a third grade teacher. I also drive a school bus every day. Okay. During the. What do you mean? Okay. And man, people like you, uh, you're the reason I stopped drinking, okay? Uh, moments like that, okay? Uh, here's, here's the calculation so far. She's a justice of the peace, she's an elected official, she's an officer of the court, she's a third grade teacher, and she's a school bus driver. So literally, this woman wakes up in the morning, drives the bus, gets <laughs> off the bus, teaches the class, finishes teaching the class. She goes to the courthouse because she's an officer of the court. And then she serves the community outside of that as a public official in her jurisdiction. There's more video, here it is. Oh, you killed me. My kid totaled this car and you have me here. Who are you? I'm a school teacher, a bus driver, and an elected official, and you arrested me. I just wanted to get to my kid. Anything to do with you, Officer Perez? I have nothing to do with you. I'm you are a bad person. You are a bad person. Listen to me. A good person would have let me go home with my dad or my brother. It has to be someone else. That's childish. Act your age. Okay, you're a grown woman. A suspension on your driver's license uh, include, but it's not limited to the suspension or revocation of your driving privileges. But I am and if you are a bus driver. Listen, and if you are a commercial driver's Why license holder. I have holder, wine in my own house, and then now I'm being And if you are. I actually said a prayer for yesterday for 
All of you guys. Are you going to make a decision? No, I want you to call okay. Sheriff Hunter. No. I need you to make a decision or it's going to mark it as a refusal. Please call and Sheriff. But I, and I, I worked I'm sorry. for your... I, advocated for your chief of police. Please let your chief know. Are you going to make a decision? No, I want you to call okay. Sheriff Helder. No, no. Call Sheriff Helder, please. No. Please. No. She said, I pray for all of y'all. She must have been praying to white Jesus, the fictional character, because obviously this did not help her whatsoever. There's more video, here it is. Keep going, keep going, you get a little harder. Keep going, 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 keep going. My son just had a wreck and you arrested me in front of him. Deep breath, touch your blow, blow. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You have no idea, you have no clue. I accept that. Deep breath, tight seal. Keep going, you got to blow harder. You... I'm so glad. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. The final result of this test. Here. The final result of this test was a .17. Almost double the legal limit. That's why you were arrested. But your first result was a .185. Second result, 171. You're almost two times the legal limit as, as, as far as the final result is concerned. Why? It doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. You cannot drive. Or operate a motor vehicle on the on the highways of the My state in that condition. And and Okay. All right, there's a part of me that feels for this woman, obviously, uh, because uh, she was responding to her son being in a wreck. Uh, and then that part disappears when she tries to utilize her privilege in order to throw her weight around uh, and somehow get the officer in trouble for possibly stopping an accident another accident with her on the road. Now I want you to remember, she was at 1.7 and we're talking about hours later. This encounter started in the daytime, it ended at night. Hours had passed by before she actually took the breathalyzer test. She was still over double the amount to be charged. Okay, um, this was interesting. She tried to pull every single card she had uh, to somehow intimidate the officer. It did not work. Thoughts? What does that level of privilege privilege <laughs> feel like? Like, I don't know, man. I, I just have few glasses of wine. That's it. Few glasses I couldn't even fathom opening my mouth. This is amazing. White people have an entirely different reality that they exist in. But Bane, you know what it is, brother. It's is living in a place of privilege. Privilege gets checked, and your privilege doesn't work. And now there's panic. And when there's panic because your privilege doesn't work, there's not excuse. Everybody gives an excuse. Right. There's now a leveraging of who you are status. There's a leveraging of what you can do to harm someone else, coercion. Now privilege shows its true colors. What is privilege? Privilege is all of that combined into one. And so when you see her reciting what she does, who she is, who she knows, that's all privilege unraveled. That's the exposure of it. That's amazing, even to address officer as dude. Yeah. We, we're trained from very early in our community. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. You know, don't threaten officers in any way. Don't resist. Comply. And Amazing. he was still very professional with her. I mean, even with all of that, he still remained professional with the woman. Yeah.
All Every right. time you said there's some more, it got deeper. That, that. <laughs> it did, man. Every time. Like I said, I started like, um, maybe. And then I said, oh, no, this is a Karen. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. You know, we've been covering a lot of schools, racism, bigotry. Let me bring your attention to one school where according to the accusation, a black student was forced to eat food out of a trash can. Lawsuit has been filed. The mother claims an Ohio school forced her daughter to eat food out of a trash can. Obviously the daughter is black, Latasha Williams. An Ohio mother has filed a federal lawsuit against the Lorraine City School District a Board of Education and Monica Summers Fredenstein, a Palm Elementary School employee who was accused of forcing Williams, a nine year old, the nine year old daughter to eat food taken from a lunchroom garbage bin. Let me first put the picture of the superintendent of schools, okay? Now let me tell you why I'm doing this, because that's the guy in charge. And many times when we highlight these stories and keep his picture up, we talk about the employees. He doesn't care until somebody <laughs> knocks at his door. So we're knocking at your door, Dr. Jeff Graham, okay? Uh, he's the guy in charge. According to the Cleveland attorney um, who's representing the family in this case is humiliating, is disgraceful and is unacceptable. Cleveland attorney Jared Klabenow said to 19 News, every citizen, including children, has the right to bodily integrity. The child victim had her constitutional rights violated by this educator. This is an educator hired to protect our children, not to degrade them and humiliate them. Remember, this is about an educator who made a nine year old black child eat food from a garbage can. I already checked the record of teacher's wife, okay? The mother's filing states that after taking a few bites of her waffle at the school lunch, William's daughter got the attention of the Palm Elementary School principal, Deborah Postalka and asked if she could have the other food option being served that day. Now, keep in mind, the school has usually two food options per day, okay? So she wanted the other option. The principal refused the child's request and told her she had to finish the meal on her tray, the family claims. The lawsuit states that students have two options available every day. The fourth grader who is black walked over to a nearby trash can and threw the food away. She said, I don't like it, I want the other option. She was refused the other option, which is ridiculous. So she threw the food away, she didn't want it. Hundreds of other kids each day throw away the remaining food on their lunch trays without issue, the document stated. Here's where it gets even deeper. The school teacher, Summers Fredenstein, who is white, had been standing next to the garbage bin when they were thrown away. 
She reportedly retrieved the waffles from the trash and instructed this young child to get a paper towel, okay? Remember, we're dealing with children, not understanding why, but wanting to obey the adult's request. The child, we will call her Jane Doe here, retrieved a paper towel where she got her lunch and brought it back to Summers, the following states. Summers told Jane Doe to go sit down and that she would be required to eat the waffles that the teacher dug out of the garbage can. There's more. The suit claims that Summers Fredenstein sat next to the girl glaring at her while all the other kids began to laugh at her. Adding that the young girl began to feel ill after eating the food and later developed a fever. When she got home, she notified her mother of the incident. Since then, the child has suffered mental health issues and required treatment, the suit alleged. There's more to this story. Now, it looks like the school administration, the leadership, they believe the narrative. This was not done in the silo, everybody saw it. This was done openly, okay? The investigation has since been launched. Why? Because the mother filed a lawsuit, that's why. It took that in order for them to launch a proper investigation. In a statement obtained by Fox 8, the district stated that authorities responded in accordance with board policy and past practice by placing any staff member who could potentially be involved in incidents in this serious nature on immediate leave, paid administrative leave, pending an investigation. They added, while we are unable to comment on an ongoing investigation, we expect to have it completed soon. We will be able to comment at that time. Two staff members have since been placed on leave. A spokesperson for the district revealed the investigation is ongoing. So in the middle of the investigation, they ended up placing additional staff members on leave because of their investigation. What does that tell you? You can connect the dots, all right? Mr. Bain, what do you see in this story? I was reading a report earlier today and it said that adult literacy rates are so low in this country. 54% of Americans read below a sixth grade level. And when I heard this, you use terms loosely like educators. These are not educators. We're talking about schools. These are not schools, these are warehouses where children are sent to be disrespected and denigrated. A nine year old, you know the fourth grade is so significant and important. At that time, your, your impressionable identity is forming. In the fourth grade, at nine years of age, to be mocked, ridiculed, treated like this, that's, that's behavior, that's, I don't even have words. That, that's something that you would do to a beast. You say, eat this from the trash in front of your peers. It breaks my heart to hear this story and I feel for that. I think we all owe Ms. Williams an apology. I think the school should do you know, some work in expediting that so-called investigation. And I think justice should be served here. Yeah. Why are, last question here, why are 80% of teachers in schools, public schools, white women? And yeah. what is the effect of that reality on our children? We've talked about that on Indisputable, the impact is horrific. 
white teachers tend to suspend black students 20% more for the same behavior of whites. White students tend to look at black students as adults, white students of the same age as children. The US Department of Education through their Civil Rights Division released this information a couple of years ago. And we need more black educators in the classroom. And I want to say this about the teacher involved in this situation. This is criminal, this is child abuse, this is a criminal act. She should be arrested for making a child, a nine year old eat out of a garbage can. Cuz I guarantee you, in any other context, uh, that person who did this would be arrested for making children eat out of garbage cans. It should not change simply because you're in a school setting. As a matter of fact, I believe school teachers should have a higher standard of care, not a lower standard of responsibility. Okay, South Carolina sheriff, all right, has been indicted after ordering an inmate to be tortured with a stun gun. Now, South Carolina has a number of elected sheriffs who have been indicted for various criminal activity. Let me take you to this particular one in Marlboro County. The sheriff, let's put his picture up. His name is Charles Lemon, all right? Good old Sheriff Charles Lemon. Marlboro County Sheriff and former deputy David Andrew Cook were both indicted. On assault and battery and misconduct charges Tuesday in connection with a May 2020 incident involving Gerald Lee Johnson of Bennettsville at the county jail. That's according to the South Carolina AG's office. While Johnson was in custody, let me break down what happened. Marlboro County Detention Center asked for help because his behavior was putting the safety of the jail at risk. But did not go into detail, no detail here. Lemon went to the jail himself to help and the statement claimed he was personally assaulted as Johnson tried to escape his cell. All right, this is all their side of the story. Notably, authorities claimed at the time that neither the sheriff nor Johnson were injured during the scuffle. And did not mention the use of a taser at all. So now you got a conflict in the story, it gets deeper. The indictment alleges that Lemon ordered Cook to deploy a taser on Johnson at the Marlboro County Detention Center at least twice. Including the chest and leg to subdue him even though the man was already inside the jail. The indictments immediately prompted Governor Henry McMaster to suspend Sheriff Lemon from the post as he has held it since 2017 and appoint former Brent Bennettsville Chief of Police Larry McNeil as interim sheriff. Cook, meanwhile, was out of a job. But Lemon, who served as a chief deputy in the same department for 12 years prior to securing the top official spot in the county, is just one of at least a dozen elected sheriffs in South Carolina to be charged with criminal wrongdoing in the last decade. Prosecutors have accused these elected officials with a slew of crimes ranging from sexual assault to accepting bribes to getting inmates to do personal work, all while being behind the badge, labeling themselves as a pillar of the community. So here's what you have here. 
They got mad. They didn't like a way, the way that this incarcerated individual was behaving. He's inside of the jail. And so some get back is to just start tasing him, okay? That's the allegation here. Inhumane. Absolutely. Mr. Bain? What is it gonna take for us to bring humanity into these, into these spaces? I'm hearing indicted, suspended, charged. Where's the conviction? When are we gonna start setting examples that human beings have to be treated as that? Yeah. That you're born with certain inalienable rights, dignity, respect. And even if you're incarcerated, and when you're incarcerated in your most vulnerable state, there's no excuse for this behavior, none. Well said, very well said. Uh, and remember everyone, the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, if it ever passes into law, would mandate a federal, a transparent federal registry. It would mandate that officer, officer misconduct be placed into this registry. Does it make sense that we pay them? They can see our records, but we can't see theirs. Does that make sense to you? Doesn't make sense to me either. Brother, it has been a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you. Please check me out about ccd.org, um, community capacity development. We're all about human and healing justice. Thank you, brother, appreciate you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, the Twitchuation Room next, okay? Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.